Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening. This edition brought to you by Bayer Garden. Well, 2016 is the year of the English garden and Ken Crowther has been to meet Anita from Bayer Garden to talk about the plans for making a small garden. You've brought me to a little sort of... Um townhouse and garden here whose who's house <laughs> are we at at the moment yeah so we are actually in um well i was going to say sunny st ives but it's not very sunny uh st ives in cambridgeshire and this is actually the garden of kath's sister kath is one of the ladies who works in the office at bayer oh great yes now it's it's not very large it's um Let's look at the size, because really size depends on what we do in the garden, don't we? Now, I had a quick pace while you weren't looking. Now, I'm not very good at judging, but I reckon it's about seven metres long. Yes. And it's five metres wide. Yes. Roughly. Roughly, yes. Now, it's square. Yes. But we do have to think, what do we want it to look like, I suppose, don't we? Yes. I mean, there there are quite a lot of things that you could do in a... I mean, yes, this is quite a small garden, um, but there are lots of things that you could do within it. Um, but the first thing that you would need to do with any garden, regardless of size, would be to have some thought and planning um, with things in mind as to the types of plants that you'd like to grow. Or what you like. Well, things that you like, yeah, what you'd like to grow, whether it's flowers or edibles, and those kind of questions you'd need to ask yourself. But I think primarily the first thing you need to do is to work out what the aspect of the garden is, oh. because that would really determine, I think, the types of plants that you might have to in some ways Now, Anita, in. you said it wasn't very sunny, but I can see a spot of sun up there. So actually, at this time of the day, this is going to get a fair bit of sun, isn't it, yes. this garden? Yes. I mean, this is sheltered all, all the way around. We've got a big wall down one side and then the house and then a long fence down the other side. So it, it is very well contained. And I think because of the aspect of it, it is going to be quite a little sun trap. What we haven't got, though, is the Englishman's lawn, have we? But then it's not necessary in a small garden, is it? No, lawns aren't always necessary. Um, I think with, with small gardens such as this, it might be difficult to manoeuvre a lawnmower around. And then, of course, you've got issues with having to store things like that, which would take up precious space, perhaps, for the garden. So this particular garden is uh, covered with this uh, kind of plum slate. Slate mulch, yeah. Yeah, which Lovely, looks very decorative. Yeah, nice mellow grey silvery grey colour which le would lend itself nicely to uh, plants would wouldn't it yeah so I suppose with square box you could put groups of containers maybe in a corner to sort of curve it a bit yeah um, there is a climber in the corner I think it's it, I think it's a clematis montana it looks one of the more vigorous ones does doesn't it and yes. that has actually softened the corner already and allowed um, for the compost bin to be sort of hidden under it actually hasn't it yeah so that could so be that's a, bit of a natural in there, isn't it? yeah i mean you could keep that as a natural kind mm. of storage area i mean i think i think the clematis needs thinning out slightly mm. um i'll get a pair of secateurs for yeah. you <laughs> is that right <laughs> um but yes I, yeah I, I totally agree with you it does soften that fence line down quite nicely so we know we've got good light um, yes. we can put containers in here to make yes. it really grow and then really it's deciding as you said do you want to have containers with vegetables 
Well, you might have both, and you, maybe flowers. You could have a nice mix of... And that's the advantage, I think, perhaps, of having containers, if, if you decided that that's what you wanted to do, because you could have a variety of colours, textures of containers, different heights of containers, different shapes. You get long, oblong troughs. You can get some amazing, lovely, round, terracotta-type pots these days. So that in itself, the pots on their own could sometimes be a feature but in that then you could of course grow a mixture of um, flowering plants of you know perennial plants um, such as roses for example um, some of those would look fantastic in bedding plants around oh, the edges so of many, those. yeah you could put bedding plants around their pansies violas give it some nice bright color put bulbs in in pots um, for later on in the summer or e indeed for the autumn. You could have vegetables, maybe herbs in pots and containers. You know, anything like that, really. I think you really need to decide where those pots are going to go first. Now, I suppose then the only other thing we've got yeah. to think about is, I've spotted, look, you've got a weed oh, down there. yes, a there weed. are a few weeds Now, I know it's, through. you know, it's, it's, it's been a mild winter and the weeds have kept on growing, haven't they? Very much now, so. There's a, there is a, a membrane under it, yes. uh, the, as it should be, yep. under a good stone mulch. Yes. But they still grow in the mulch yep. sometimes, don't they? Well, well, how would you get rid of those then, Anita? I think what happens, however good you are with your landscape matting and then a good depth of um, your aggregate on the top, seeds blow in. Yeah. And because it's a small structure, you get this also in gravel and even in bark chippings. So the, the seeds lodge, they germinate. Up they come. You can't stop that. Um, well, you can stop that with a weed killer. You can't stop it happening. Um, so a, a, a good weed killer that you could use would be the past uh, weed killer. Yeah. We could go around and spot treat, spot treat the weeds. You could also, with these small little weeds like this at this time of the year, particularly they haven't had a chance to take hold. So something with a um, natural fatty acid, um, like just a contact weed killer, would be perfect. Just quickly burn them. So, okay, so we've talked about how we're going to keep the weeds down and now really then to prepare ourselves, yep. ready for it, we'd need the watering can for using the weed killer in. Would we then get another watering can that we might like to use for watering the plants? Because that would be safer, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, when we're very busy rushing around, yep. it is very easy sometimes to leave a little bit of residue of weed killer in a watering can, think, oh, I'll come back to that in a minute. Dinner's on, I've got to go in, walk the dog, whatever. I'll come back and do that. You might forget. You could. You might forget to do that. And then so you're not quite sure what's in that watering can. So I would suggest for the price of what a watering can, what, four pound, four or five pounds. Two different colours. Two different colours. That's the way. The important thing you need to remember which colours which, of course. <laughs> and, of course, um, so you could then, have... then you've got to then... Really, just set yourself up ready. If you've got a little space in an outhouse or a shed, you need, what, a bit of compost and yep. then some fertiliser. What else do you need? Well, you'd need pots. You'd need some fertiliser to go into the pots. And, and it, when you're feeding pots, it's a good idea perhaps to have a soluble plant food because you can dissolve that easily in water. So you're watering and Instant. feeding at the time. So plants in pots will need both because you can't... They can't use the soil, natural soil, because they're in pots and containers. So something like phosphogen all-purpose plant food 
would be perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're planting up, particularly plants like shrubs, like roses, for example, you could use top rose or top rose gold, which is a slow-release plant food, because they're going to be in the in pot for a long time. period of time, often for a couple of years, maybe longer than a slow-release when you're potting up initially. Then in between times when you're watering your other pots and containers, there's absolutely no reason why you couldn't also apply the phosphogen plant food to those roses as well. And that would work for the veg as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, phosphogen all purpose, because it's so soluble, it's so readily taken up by the roots of plants, and it's utilised really quickly. So that, that would be my go-to plant food. So it's really just getting those things ready for the season, looking at the area... We've just said we can soften the corners, we can bring in containers, we can get the compost and the fertilisers, the watering can, and then we're really ready to go, aren't we, Anita? Yeah, I think you just might need a couple of basic tools, so maybe like a little hand fork, a little trowel, something like that, if you're just dealing with pots and containers. Um, And I think that they're the basics. I mean, you can always add on things as you go along and you see other things in the garden centre, you become really carried away with the whole thing. You, You can... There are loads of accessories and bits and pieces that you can buy. But to get you started, I think, I think that they're the basics. You're listening to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening. This edition brought to you by Bayer Garden. And Ken Crowther has been finding out about, in particular, small gardens. It is 2016, the year of the English garden. So what are you going to put into this English garden? I beg your pardon, we never promised you a rose garden. But there's an idea. It's a special year this year, isn't it, Anita? Yes, it's the year of the Rose Garden uh, this year, which is which is fantastic. It ties in with the 300-year anniversary of Capability Brown. He did a lot for us as gardeners, didn't he? He made it pretty special <laughs> for us, didn't he? Johnson. Now, roses. Um, OK, normally you'd expect a rose garden, wouldn't you, to be elaborate and large, something really on a grand scale. But yeah. you can actually do it in a small garden like this, can't you? You need a collection of roses to make is, a rose really? garden, I guess. I don't know if there's a definition of the term rose garden, but for us in a small garden such as this, you know, it's lovely to brighten up a corner. And mm. if roses are your thing, I mean, you can get all sorts of roses, all different shapes and sizes and colours. Um, and there's no reason at all why, for example, we look across to this corner. On the right-hand corner by the wall there. Yeah, yeah. lovely. They look good. Yeah, a nice collection of... of variety of roses in pots. Now you've got some different containers. You've got some that are like, well, I, I'm a bit old-fashioned, but I, I use sort of 18 inches and two foot as a bit as a large one. So what's that in metric? You're a more metric than I am, isn't it? A Is bit that about... 450 to something? Yes. Go for 450? We'll go for 450, <laughs> yeah. And then you've got some smaller ones in the, in the front there. So you yeah. really... You, in a garden like this, you could do a group of three. I, I like odd numbers. Do yes. you threes, yes, fives, or I even seven, seven if you had a slightly larger area? Yeah. Depends how far forward you want yeah. to come out, really. So you've got, you, should we do these, talk about these five that we've got yes, here? Yes, lovely. Now, you know what I'd like to do, but I haven't got one with me. I'd like to get a climber, maybe a patio climber. Yes. Because you could put that one pot against the wall, and you then we could. could have a patio climber just growing up the wall there, couldn't yeah. we? What do you think of that? You could. Would you need some a little bit of trellis or some you kind might of need support? A bit of trellis, yeah. But nothing too no. invasive because it is a patio climber. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that would give you some immediate Quite, vertical wouldn't interest, wouldn't it? And then yes. what we're going to do then? Because we could put uh, this patio roses, which we could use in the front. Yeah, you'll get some gorgeous patio roses this time. 
you know, at the moment in garden centres, a whole array of colours. I mean, just pick a colour that you like. And, and they never clash go. roses, do they? It doesn't matter if you put a pink and a yellow and a red together, they just look good, don't I they? I think because they've got the green foliage, it just breaks it all up, but you can still have the individual colours. But it is up to you, you mm. know, it's, it's quite personal, isn't it, what colours people so. like in their garden. But so... What about, should we put a, a hybrid tea and a floribunda, do you think, behind? Because then with the hybrid tea, uh, you could cut the odd rose, couldn't you? you could and take have, it indoors. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be lovely. Yeah, and also, in addition to that, then you've got the three Hi. steps, haven't you? So you've got the patio rose, uh, yeah, the, the patio roses at the front. Then you've got your midway floribunda's hybrid tea. And then and you the have small the patio. climber up the back. Yeah. That would work really well. Now, of course, what we've got to look at is, of course, what we put in the container. Now, yes. I don't know what you're like, but... I'm a bit of a John Innes person for roses because they're going to be in there a long time. They aren't are. They? It, it's a lot heavier. It's more loam based. All of the John Innes uh, range of compost from numbers one to three are loam based. Depending on the the number, it's slightly different proportion of loam or peat, uh, depending on what you're using the compost for. But yeah, number. Th- uh, two or three would, would be fine. Well, wouldn't it? Yeah. For what these. do we put in the bottom? Do you still put crock in the, a bit of crock in the I bottom? I do. If I've got something, yeah. I, I'll, I will use some crock, yeah, just to help with the drainage. So a bit of old stones, anything, anything like that. really. Yeah. I mean, you could even use, um, and which I use is the uh, if I buy the pack bedding oh, yeah. in the polystyrene trays, I'll just break those up and we'll just put, put those in. It, it does the same purpose. So at this time of the year, you can buy. Um, bare root roses because that, that's the most economic way of buying them isn't it yeah if you can get bare root roses from a good good plant person or a good nursery then I think that's definitely uh, a, a good way of doing it yes I mean the important thing is that they're kept you know in good condition that they haven't dried out too much and that you're able to perhaps what you'd need to do I think is is be ready so when you go and pick up your your bare root roses you've got everything ready and you can put them all in 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 one in one go would be an ideal i think yeah so we've got our container over here we've put the crock in the bottom yeah uh we're going to tip the compost into it yeah um because you can't tip all the compost in because then the roots we've got to spread the roots a bit haven't we the rose yeah so but before we do that i think what i would do is with the compost i'd probably add some top rose gold or some top rose into the compost before you put it into the pot because then you can mix it up nicely i think if you put a handful in the bottom a handful of top rose in the bottom of the pot you could in theory start to burn the roots of the plant so i think to mix mix it it up first before you add before you backfill into the pots uh, it's a good idea yeah and then really it's, it's literally it's like planting a plant in the ground but you're just doing it into a container you need to make sure obviously that it's straight <laughs> yes <laughs> and that whichever face of the pot if it's got a decorative face to the pot that the best side of the plant Faces is facing you. you yeah that's quite Faces important out. that's often something i always forget and I have to take it out and do it again and of course but roses are budded aren't they so you don't want the bud buried do you no you need to, you need a few centimeters above that bud or, or graft Union. Now, people can see that because it's like a lump on the side of the plant, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a knuckle. Yes, knuckle. Kind of thing, yeah, the base of the plant. And what I would do when I'm planting the bare root roses is to just put some compost in with your top rose. Um, and then when you've got it about half full or so, what I do is just gently get hold of the base of the rose plant and just gently pull I'm it sort of up and down a bit. just to allow the compost to fall 
down in mm. between the roots of the of the plant and maybe splay the roots out if you need to in the pot so that they've got a nice coverage within the pot so they're not all you know tight together and then just firm it in yeah firm it in go. make sure it's nice and level and that you haven't buried the the union um, and make sure it's straight okay we've we've, we've we planted it, we fertilised yep. it. Have we got to give any more fertiliser at that time or is that enough in the pot for, for the moment? Because of the time of the year, um, you wouldn't need to add anything else because the nutrients, there'll always be nutrients in the compost because it's fresh compost. You've added extra nutrients in the form of top rose gold or top rose. It's a slow release plant food. So as the temperatures warm up, as the plant becomes more active the roots become more active so the availability of the plant food will be there for the roses to take up so during the early spring and early summer uh, that would more, be give it a bit more later on you could give it a bit more later on i mean there's no reason why you couldn't if you've got some phosphogen all-purpose plant food which you're likely to have for a lot of your other pot plants perhaps use that on use them as well. well you need to water the plants because yeah. of course they're in containers now i must i hate to mention this word but Roses sometimes get pests and diseases. Have, what have we they got to do. watch out for? Unfortunately, as lovely as roses are, they do suffer. Some nearly, of them, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, a lot of them suffer green fly, unfortunately. They do, don't they? You can now get some varieties which um, have been bred to be more resistant to certain diseases, common diseases, and I'm sure a lot of people are aware of them black spots rust powdery mildew so you can get some roses which are more resistant to those types of diseases but we do have the um uh, fungicide combination uh insecticide called multi-rose 2 um, which you can use and it's a systemic fungicide so it would help control uh, black spot powdery mildew and rust but you don't would you use that you wouldn't use that as a prevention, you'd only use that when you start to see any problems, would you? I think if they're new roses, new roses to you as well, you don't know perhaps what they're likely to get or because of the positioning of those pots in the particular garden. Yeah, because we put them in the corner here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that might be that it's, that situation makes them more prone to things. So in the first instance, the first year, I'd probably keep an eye on them. I mean, regularly check them, check them for watering, check them, you know, that they haven't moved slightly in the pot where you might need to, you know, add a little bit more compost, or you want some grit on the top, make them a bit prettier. But then just check them. And then if you do start seeing early signs of a particular disease, then spray for it. But if they're perfectly okay, leave them alone then watch for pests and we spray when we see the pests don't we yeah again i think you know a lot of roses are going to get um some sort of aphid some sort of aphid i mean if you if you haven't got any fungal diseases on on the rose but you have got some uh insects then you know you could just use a straight insecticide that would be fine um but there is an insecticide chemical in the multi-rose too but if you just wanted a straight insecticide something like provado ultimate bug killer or ultimate fruit and vegetable bug killer and that would fine. all work yeah and i'll tell you what our display of roses in the corner is going to look really good and it's creating our own little rose garden yeah. is that right it's absolutely lovely so everything in the garden looking beautiful or it will be after a little bit of hard work but where do you start Building a rose garden from scratch. More from Anita, speaking to Ken Crowther. Now, if we were going to create a new garden within 
Let's look at a lawn area. Okay. I yeah. would, mm -hmm. as a gardener, I would actually dig in even the turf because it needs a real thorough dig. But does it matter that we can put the... If we create a trench, then the turf, as we dig it, could go at the bottom of the trench. Could. That would be nutrition, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it would break down, yeah. I mean, I suppose the only thing is depends on your timeline. If you've got time to do that, or you could just create... Or you could skim it off. Yeah, and then just dig in. And put it on the compost heap. You could, or lay it somewhere else. If mm. you've got an area that needs repairing, for example, in the garden, or you want to extend an area of grassland. But the most important thing is is dig it well. Now, soil types are tricky because clay, yeah, they like, like heavy clay. clay. Yeah, they like, like heavy soil. Yeah. So if you had a lighter soil, it might be important to add some organic ma material, wouldn't yeah. it be? And they like manure, don't they? Mm -hmm. So you could dig in some rotted farmhouse well, manure. Yeah. yeah, you could dig that in nicely. As you said, I think it needs to be reasonably deep because a lot of roses have quite deep, well, they have quite deep, deep root roots. structures, don't they? So Now... What are we going to plant? Because the trouble is with roses, there are so many, aren't there? I yes. mean, there's, it's, it's really, what do we choose? Because you could plant, you could plant hybrid teas and have cut flower for the, for the house. You could have florabundas. Yes. These are all the old-fashioned ways of calling them, but yeah. I still think, I know they call them different things today, but quite honestly, that's what people remember them yes, as. Yes, that's what I remember. And you've got shrub as. roses as well, yeah. but that might not form such a formal bed, would it? That's more in the shrubbery, do you think? That's right, yeah, that... It depends what type of rose bed you want. I mean, you could, you know, traditionally, aren't they? They, they tend to be much more formal, but you could go with, with, a, with a mixture of, of roses. There's no reason why you couldn't. But I think if you're designating an area specifically to roses, then perhaps it would make more of an impact if, they, if it was slightly more formalised. So you could have standard roses in amongst... You could put amongst, standard down the middle, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. That yeah. would be quite traditional. Yeah. I know they are coming back because they were popular in the 60s and then they disappeared and now they're back again, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So would you plant in single colours or would you plant in groups of threes of one variety of colour to give a better impact, do you think? Personally, I would, I would plant same colours in clusters, you know, so threes or fives depending on the Size on of the, the bed, really. Yeah, it? size of the bed, yeah. Now we can use uh, bare root roses at this time of year, which is a better way of buying them at this time isn't it it's a much yes it is a better way um with the planting of them again you'd have to make sure that you got the planting depth right to not go above the the graft union or the bud um providing you can get the choice that you want in bare root roses if not you might have to buy a container container roses are fine you obviously get those from a garden center and you can plant those all year round because they are already container grown mm. um but I think establishment of those, again, you'd have to be, you know, quite careful with the watering of those to make sure that the, you know, the roots stay. So really, we've, we've dug the bed thoroughly. Yes. It's broken down. Um, if it's too wet, don't dig heavy clay. Just wait a couple of weeks. But you yeah. could dig it over and leave it rough, couldn't you? And yes. let the wind dry down yeah, a bit. Yeah, let the air get into on. it. Yeah. yeah. And then really it's digging a good hole, spreading the roots, is it? Yeah, spreading the roots out. Um, I have seen that what you can do and I'm sure there more than one there's more than one way to plant a rose but at the bottom of the hole once you've got your mixture of uh, compost and your your rose fertilizer like top rose or top rose gold already mixed what you can do is at the base of the hole is actually pile up some of the compost 
mm-hmm. or the soil. Yeah. And then you get your bare root rows, and then you'd sit your bare root rows over this mound, which helps spread lay out the roots. That's a so good they way. naturally will spread outwards. So that that was quite useful, I thought. And then when you do backfill, is to just, um, as I said before, is to just grab hold of the plant, the rose, and just gently shake it up and down, just to allow the soil to percolate down through the fall in inside the root system there so and that will get it and then firm it in with your heel really heel it in. It? yeah i mean you might need to go around once you've watered it and and left it for a while you might then need to go around and just level it off with some soil and stuff but make just, it look really neat yeah just let it find its natural level so we've given it fertilizer um we've we've bothered about it right now do we have to then just think about it longer term? So as we get farther up the year, we just have to give it a bit more, perhaps something like top rose a bit later on? Yeah, I mean, top rose is a good plant food because it's a slow-release plant food. You can use it a couple of times a year. So good. you could use it at the end of the spring and then maybe at the end of summer just to help support the, the roses through the growth and budding and then once it's flowering to help support the flowering. And then just really have on hand something that you might need to spray for any pests and diseases and insects again, really, isn't it? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, uh, the multi-rose 2 ready-to-use um, combination systemic fungicide and insecticide, um, because it is likely that some of those roses are perhaps going to get some kind of fungal disease like powdery mildew or black spots. Um, and if you do have insect problems which you're likely to have unfortunately with the buds particularly with green fly and black fly then you would be able to use that product also and we've created a rose bed for the year of the garden haven't we, have, we? yes in honor of capability brown this is 300 year anniversary yeah what a man too yeah roses great. for the future brilliant lovely you can see it and smell it now can't you a beautiful english country rose garden and it could be yours Mind you, there's a little bit of work to do in the meantime. Well, that brings us to an end for this latest podcast from World Radio Gardening. This edition brought to you by Bayer Garden. Visit our website often at World Radio Gardening for the next podcast. Thank you for listening.